0: Hey there, you're listening to the Sports Coaching Podcast with me, Sam Omshaw. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. Whether this is your first time listening or if you have been a regular fan of the podcast for the last eight months, we thank you so much for taking the time to check out our platform and listen to us today. The Sports Coaching Podcast with Sam
1: Holmeshaw. Hi, I'm Kate Bancroft, and you're listening to the Sports Coaching Podcast with Samuel Holmeshaw.
0: Okay, welcome back to the latest episode of the Sports Coaching Podcast with me, Sam Holmeshaw. As always, we hope everyone is well. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Kate Bancroft onto the podcast today. Kate, how are you?
1: I'm really good, thank you.
0: How's, uh, let me ask you, how's how's lockdown been? You managed to to get through it okay?
1: I'm one of those smug people that quite likes lockdown, so yeah, I've got through it okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I'm just naturally very antisocial anyway, but yeah, all good. (laughs) Thank you. How about you?
0: Yeah, not too, uh, it's not been too bad, has it? Uh, probably similar to you quite enjoying it really and uh, probably a bit envious to be heading back Uh, but yeah fantastic to have you on the uh, the podcast today Uh, be fantastic if you could just give us a short background really or or, sorry short description of your journey your background and and I guess what's led you to to where you are today Kate
1: yeah so um, I qualified as a teacher 10 years ago a secondary PE teacher absolutely loved studying PE at school loved studying at university loved my teacher training. Um, And yeah, I was a PE teacher in Leeds for about seven years and then the last two years of that career I was studying on the weekend at Leeds back at uni, um, a PhD in gender. Um, So I was teaching in the week and then studying on the weekend and then in the end towards like seventh year of teaching I was just becoming a bit deflated with it all and so I asked at uni if there was any jobs going and managed to get a lecturing job there. And then I've been there now for three and a half years and I've just finished my doctorate looking at gender and how gendered ideas are explored and perpetuated in schools. Uh,
0: if you know if you don't mind just a, a bit more on your PhD I mean I'd be interested yeah. to know you know in, in a bit more detail if that's okay.
1: Yeah that's fine so I studied um, so basically when I was a PE teacher um, I looked at I, I basically noticed that A really problematic area in school was transgender children, Um, not because they are a problem but because schools were just not ready to have any students in schools or teachers that would cross the binary between male, explicitly male or explicitly female. So I started my PhD looking at the experiences of transgender children in PE given how PE is naturally quite a binary subject where there's just two categories that you have to fit into, either male or either female. Um, and then halfway through the PhD, basically, I realised that at that point, a lot of information was coming out about guidance and policy and ideas on what PE teachers should do to best include transgender children. So it was becoming a bit like old news um, in terms of it needing a research into it, a research project into it. So then I began looking at the experiences of transgender teachers in school, and I. Um, how so my thesis explores the experiences of one female to male transgender teacher how did they transition in school how did they tell the children how did the children respond how did the parents respond how did the teachers respond Um, and basically looked at why there is such a good setup now in schools for transgender children but still not such a good setup for transgender teachers in school so just from doing that I basically have explored every study under the sun about gender and school and how how like ideas around what it means to be female or male are recycled through schools and reproduced um and I've kind of left that topic now because after five years you kind of feel a little bit sick of studying the same thing so I'm now looking more about like women's rights and women's experiences and girls experiences in PE
0: fantastic well I'd certainly that. love to uh... <laughs> I certainly love to talk to you a bit more about that, but I'm, I'm aware we've only got you for about thirty minutes today, so uh, we're, we'll just jump straight into the topic, Kate, if that's okay. So, yeah. we decided that we were going to talk around if there is too much attention on weight loss and slimness in sport. Mm. So, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated to get into this topic today. Something that I think is is probably a, a, a massive problem, really, particularly in uh, you know when we're probably uh, thinking around younger athletes. So I guess, you know, the the first question to ask would just be if you could give us a bit of an introduction to the topic and and you know, what's the relationship between weight loss and sport?
1: Yeah, brilliant. Well, I've just begun I've always been very interested in this study. Um sorry, in this topic. I think it's something that's really, really important. And I think there's a lot of pressure in schools for girls to look a particular way, especially in PE. And I think that is also problematical for female coaches and female PE teachers too who feel like they need to look a particular way um I've certainly felt that in my career that I should be like super lean all the time and things like that and so I've just basically wanted to draw on two research studies in this area which I will share with you the names of for you to put them in the show notes afterwards but one looks at basically that The idea that teachers or physical educators, and I know this is a coaching podcast, so presumably it's transferable into coaches too, have a particular anti-fat bias towards children and young people who are overweight. So I'm not saying that I think that, but this this study explored the idea of do PE teachers or do coaches have an anti-fat bias towards um, overweight or obese children? And this particular study, which was done in New Zealand, argues that actually it is widespread, that idea. And whilst teachers and coaches might not think they have it, actually across sports and medical and healthcare, we do have ingrained in us prejudices towards obese people, um, whether consciously or unconsciously against overweight children. And this can these ideas can lead to sort of things like attainment gaps and equality gaps when they are treated differently towards non-fat peers. And that is obviously particularly important when most of us are in this field wanting to make a difference towards people's lives and have happy memories of taking part in sport and PE. So it's really important really to think about our own actions and whether there is anything that we can do that can sort of exasperate inequality in participating in sport and PE through our own actions. What what can happen basically is we can in this particular study by um, O'Brien et al., so I'll share the notes with you afterwards, did say that that basically some of the te- some of the presumptions that we can have about um, about P students or children that we coach in sport is first of all this idea that they're either going to be good or bad at sport based on their weight. Secondly, that they are either motivated or lazy again based on the weight. That they are smart or stupid <laughs> based on the weight. Um, First of all people can even go so far as to have almost like a fear of it sounds very extreme doesn't it but we know that that fear can like manifest itself in like almost like an outward hatred towards children that are overweight or that we think too that they just lack willpower and this particular study showed actually that um, there is a particular problem with PE teachers having these some viewpoints like this it as PE as a standalone subject and when they compared it to another subject area like psychology they found that psychology teachers were least like significantly less likely to have these particular viewpoints towards children in comparison to PE teachers so it does seem to be due to the physical nature of our subject area that um these biases can come about i feel like i'm talking absolutely loads what do you what do you think about what i've just said
0: i mean it, it's, it, it's it's fascinating really and you, you sat there listening and thinking, you know, have I, have I done that myself? You know, like, like you said, subconsciously, without even thinking about it. And, and probably the answer, you, probably yes. You know, you, you probably do look at overweight children and think, well, you know, are they going to be any good at sport? Or, you know, clearly they don't move around. And really, you don't know that case at all. And I guess it's that sort of traditional thinking, isn't it, of, well, you know, to be uh, a sportsman, you've got to be slim or you've got to be tall or you've got to be a certain profile to mm. perform certain sports. I, I suppose that would have been the traditional sense, particularly it was in coaching, uh, was, you know, I guess maybe now there might be a, a slight movement towards that there's not so much as a predefined uh, look, should we say, on what yeah. an athlete should look like, you know? I mean, you know, we, we often associate, don't we, like rugby players are, uh, you know, physically, <laughs> you know, more muscle, uh, you know, we might say that, uh, you know, Marathon runners are, are maybe more leaner in weight. But but yeah, I mean, it's mean, certainly really fascinating. I'm sure there's plenty of examples, really, where that's, that's not the case at all, are they? I, I would presume.
1: Yeah, there might be. I've not seen any of those. Um, in this particular study that I'm citing, it said that it can be... They, they measured it by looking at PE students' perceptions before a particular PE programme in a school, and then they looked at their perceptions towards the end of a particular training programme. And throughout the programme the um the general trend was that the PE students actually grew an anti-fat bias from their particular training episode and that actually by the end of it they had learned a belief basically that they believed that obese people lacked willpower and um, so actually what's really important here is thinking about what what are those things that are happening in PE and coaching sessions that are making people feel like that so strongly
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, I mean, you spoke about that being sort of subconscious, potentially, you know, some will be conscious and maybe do feel that way inclined. But, you know, for the the sort of teachers that are subconscious and probably don't even realise they're making those judgments. I mean, you know, was there anything around how that kind of came about? Was that just the sort of norm of society? And and like we said, just that maybe traditional thinking of You know, if you're you're overweight, you're not going to be as effective sportsman as as someone who's, you know, underweight or classed as a healthy weight, should we say?
1: Yeah, well, the paper talks about the impact of socialisation, which is basically when a person joins a new group of people and learns kind of the general values and opinions and takes them on themselves. I've done some research before into what's called occupational socialisation, which is when people basically join a new social, society such as go and work in a school or to go and work for a new sports club and they take on and they're socialized into what the value systems are or the work culture of that particular place and this particular study highlighted that it is this impact of socialization and the group kind of consensus about about these particular topics that bring about these particular feelings and I think like one thing that I heard the other day on the high performance podcast was they had they had um Phil Neville on talking about coaching England girls and they were saying things like that they celebrated every week every they would celebrate if someone lost like one percentage of their body fat and they would get nominated for like an award that week so I do think there are obviously that that really horrified me I was like oh my god as if there's sports clubs that would celebrate openly and publicly that someone would you know that that losing weight is something to be celebrated and how that could be perceived as being anti-fat and basically like anti-fat's bad sorry being fat's bad but losing fat is really good and celebrating that and the other thing is just like in, P- in the PE world what I see all the time is people sharing lessons like oh if you have a Nando's how how hard would you need to work to burn a Lando's off you'd have to run 10 miles to burn the same calories as a Nando's and like you know that kind of stupid attitude again that like if you've eaten yeah. something that you need to like then burn it off and which we know is not necessarily healthy or even necessarily true because so much of the nutrients in a Nando's meal is actually really good for you and good for your body and a treat to your body and nutritious. So, all of that is kind of perpetuating this idea that, like, if someone's eating Nando's and not burning it off, does that mean, therefore, that they are lazy? um and that is potentially where these sorts of ideas come about which can lead to higher self esteem if you are a person in P or sports world that is deemed like physically attractive strong no weight concerns and therefore should you have a lower body self-esteem if you are not in shape because that means supposedly you're being lazy and not burning off all the food that you're eating or eating too much
0: yeah yeah i mean i mean that's absolutely fascinating thinking like but you know back when I was at school and if you had a teacher who maybe was you know not if you would class sort of like what the expectation would be of a a PE teacher being really fit and healthy if they might have been carrying you know a bit of extra weight for whatever reason Mm. then as a kid you would think well they're a PE teacher shouldn't they be physically active and you know of course they probably were but you would you would assume that they weren't and, and that I mean, you know, I've just sort of thought about that now and I guess become conscious of that. But that's that's definitely what I would have thought. Yeah. And, and like you say, it's it's just, you know, we speak about this all the time in, in coaching. It's perceptions and misconceptions of, you know, what something should be. And, and unfortunately, I guess that kind of gets sort of twindled in if, if, if that's the right word with the sort of curriculum like you say of you know you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be eating a nando's because then you're going to have to do this you should be eating a salad when in actual fact you know lots of research comes in and says or maybe opposes that idea and says well actually that might be sort of person-to-person dependent so yeah I mean absolutely fascinating so I, I guess this I mean I would guess that this has had uh, an impact on you know the idea of of uh, you know PE teachers uh, students you know athletes having to feel like they have to be of a certain way to be accepted into society then or accepted by the peers I I would imagine yeah
1: definitely and on top of on top of like everything else that a young person might have to be scared about, joining a new place or joining a new school or a team or something. Like if that was an art club or something like that, there's so so much less daunting when it's not to do with the body too. But when we know that it's to do with not just turning up at something, but also having your body physically observed by your peers, by people watching you, it's that that can make it so much more intimidating. And so I do believe there should be a bit more focus on. The idea that like obesity is not necessarily associated to be associated with all these negative qualities that we've already talked about, but actually, you know, there's so many more things that it can be from. And I think also having like a greater awareness of like the fact that if someone is overweight, it can be due to different things like hormones and stuff as well and not necessarily just extra calories there's lots of different studies that's a big book um, called the obesity code by jason fong which is where he just does study after study after study which challenge the assumption basically that a calorie reduction is all that's needed for a person to lose weight when actually we know that all calories are not necessarily equal either and certain you know, like the idea that an avocado is like a really bad food for you because it's supposedly high in calories um when actually calorie is just a unit of energy and then different foods are basically burnt in a laboratory <laughs> to supposedly come up with the amount of calories in each product and it's all based on the amount of heat released from each food product when burnt and it's just such a silly idea because all yeah. foods contain calories yeah and the idea that we just you know that calories are bad is just so much more important than that about like what is in that food what proteins are in that but the food when they're broken down is 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 it a food product that's going to help like build up a healthy body and repair tissue and store a bit of extra fat for energy or is it a, a food product that's got no nutritional value whatsoever like so many low calorie sauces you know like mayonnaise substitutes and stuff like that like low calories on paper but not when broken down absolutely nothing in there that would be any of any use to the body yeah, sorry, I've gone off on a rant. No, no.
0: <laughs> no, I'm no, just
1: yeah. really tired of people saying that calorie reduction <laughs> is like the most important thing in weight loss when it's just so many so many studies that, yeah. that show that that's just not the case, and it just yeah. perpetuates this such a such bad ideas to young people and children. And yeah. the last thing I'll say about it, I now I'm ranting a little bit, but we also need to have an understanding about weight too that it can be due to like insulin being really high. Yeah. someone being heavy can be due to insulin being really high and adrenaline constantly really high which can release insulin which can be due to stress and stressful situations and consider the impact that trauma can come into you know impacting someone's weight as well that it's absolutely not to do with them being lazy but that their bodies may be in a permanent state of stress which can completely
0: block weight loss yeah yeah absolutely I mean, I mean you know not ranting at all because Really, I mean, this is important for, for, for people to be aware of. And I think that's always a part of the problem, you know, with a lot of the topics that we discuss on this podcast. Mm. It's always challenging those traditional conceptions of of, of what, you know, something is and, and what's right or wrong. You know, that that seems to be what a bit of the problem is. It's, it's right to do this and it's wrong to do that. Within mm. reality, there isn't a right or wrong. And it's, you know, kind of challenging that Um uh, sort of dualist thinking if if i believe is the term there so so yeah i mean you know absolutely fascinating the sports coaching podcast with sam holmeshaw
2: hi i'm ethan holmeshaw director and head coach of the holmeshaw academy the holmeshaw academy is a new football academy offering performance football coaching to football players aged eight and upwards all being well, we are projecting to open our first centre in Leeds after this national lockdown. The Homeshow Academy was founded with the purpose to create all us football players by delivering sessions that encourage creativity and adaptability. What I feel makes us different to any other football academy out there is that myself and my brother Sam Holmeshaw are students of sports coaching. This means that we are research-based practitioners in coaching. At the Homesure Academy, we implement this into our coaching sessions to create an environment that aims to optimise player development, ignoring the traditional coaching approaches you may have observed in the past. We feel this sets us apart from other football academies out there. With over 30 years coaching experience collectively in grassroots amateur and academy football, we look to use our experience from both our practical and academic background to challenge traditional coaching methods in the UK. And help develop football players to achieve their true potential for more information follow us on our Twitter Facebook and Instagram our Twitter is at homeshore Academy our Facebook is the Homeshore Academy and our instagram is at the underscore homeshore underscore academy you can also find out more information at our website the
0: I think great to to probably move on to the the second segment um, yeah. talking around the potential dangers with with too much uh, attention on weight loss I mean I'm sure a lot of the listeners have probably got some form of idea here but I mean it'd be great if you could just you know I guess in layperson terms you know tell us right from the top what what are the what are the dangers from uh too much attention on on trying to be slim and, and losing weight
1: well first of all obviously, for me like the danger can be that we can end up with children that are determined to lose weight really really fastly and so therefore doing stupid things like we just talked about like they're not stupid things because you can understand why people are doing them but turning to food products like gels and pills and subst- meal substitutes like um what's that called that that shake one You know things that you can see like influencers advertising all the time on instagram yeah. and the dangers can be that of like if we don't do things about this that children can grow up missing out on important nutrients and diet plans and eating plans can cut out massive food groups so obviously it can help bring up sorry it can help a child begin to have like decreased energy brittle hair for girls obviously period stopping and impacting fertility and basically like just really bad consequences if a child begins to then just cut everything out to try and fit in um, and obviously that's important for sport and PE because we want children to have lots of energy when we're taking part in our activities. Obviously, children as well, if they just cut things out, they can lose loads of muscle instead of fat as well. And so obviously with the nature of PE and sports coaching, we want children to be having like a healthy amount of muscle so that they can um, perform well in the sports that they're being done in. Um, sorry, taking part in. Yeah. We don't want the children getting to the point where they feel ravenous because they're having to starve themselves completely to try and lose weight to fit in. Yeah. And instead, we want them to think about eating high-quality food, which is far more important than the amount of calories consumed. Yeah. Obviously, really importantly as well, the children, children's mental health, like, absolutely horrendous if they're taking part in a, in a place where they think that what they look like is the most important thing. There's massive psychological consequences to that. Um. I think that's the thing that matters the most to me is that children can begin to kind of link their size of their body towards their sense of like worth and self-esteem. And when that's then exaggerating perhaps other medical health condition, mental health conditions that they might already have, that can be really, really tough to ever shift, you know, that obsession with weight and health. And that can begin in places like PE lessons and sports coach clubs. So it's so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely is, And, you know, I, I can remember growing up and, and probably, well, actually having those thoughts myself, you know, turning 15, 16, suddenly going to the gym, you know, skipping out foods, if going to the gym thinking, you know, I'm trying to lose weight, not put on weight and just, you know, ridiculous and, and being to the gym and, and just being absolutely shattered 10 minutes in it, and just all, all those misconceptions. And, you, and you're so right. And not even just from a... Sort of physical effect, you know, like you mentioned the menstrual cycle there, but, you know, as well, just on, on mental health and mental well being. I mean, e- enormous, really. Uh, I mean, actually, I had a nutritional nutritionalist on last week, couldn't get my words out there, called uh, Dan Richardson, who again was, you know, sort of talking us through these um, misconceptions about, you know, eating a salad and, and having to eat salads all the time to lose weight and just, you know, crazy crazy conceptions of, of again, that, that sort of right or wrong thinking. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely f- fascinating, really. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, just thinking about sort of implications for, uh, you know, we, we say coaching practice on here, obviously, but as well for teaching practice or, you know, even for the athletes and, and players and students that we've got listening to this podcast. I mean, you know, how can they i i guess be aware of this and and you know start to actually think about do they need to lose all this weight or you know what would be i guess your advice or, or tips for that
1: so my advice would be like if you're in charge of controlling kind of the atmosphere within a place as a sports coach or the ethos or the values as a teacher that you focus basically on talking about healthy habits that are for enjoyment and well-being instead of weight loss so so weight loss brings a focus in of weight gain which as we've discussed can be problematical because of all the reasons that we've just said i think if you can switch the debate and kind of say um you know like that what that's staying the same weight doesn't particularly matter but we want to be thinking about habits that can be adopted to improve a person's health and the weight is the focus is much more around health and less pressure put on a child based on literally what the scales are showing or things like that so lots of healthy habits can actually lose weight but just take that pressure off um obsessing about it so things like um you know just talking about like exercise being for health purposes not for calories ignoring like when when watches and smartphones and stuff like that tell you how many calories are burnt just talking about like diets in terms of what the meaning of the word diet means and that it's just everything that you eat and thinking about you know like that the nutrients in the food being eaten or that you might encourage a person to eat is more important than whether it's calorieed, yeah, uh, high calorie, high in calories. Sorry, it's hard to talk after a day of lecturing. High in calories, um, and yes, yeah, so just talking about health and well-being behaviours that are not to do with weight or calories. I think as much as possible, and I think if you hear children and young people talking about it, that you. You try and like kind of correct the the narrative away from the focus on body size or overweight or obesity, and more on just just being healthy. And that will also help lessen kind of the idea that losing weight is something that ch- a child should get loads of credit for, that they've done really well. That actually, often, that people that do lose weight actually just go on to gain it all back anyway. So, we so trying to move away from a culture where weight loss would, in any capacity, be publicly celebrated like in that manchester uh, england football club women's women's group and just being really conscious of kind of the stigma around weight loss and how maybe questioning whether previously you've not really thought about whether a child might be obese because of things outside of that child's control And, and i'm sure your listeners are not the sort of people that would just presume that a child's lazy just because they're overweight but thinking about whether it could be trauma trauma um like come around because of trauma and therefore your coaching or teaching pedagogy style needs to be trauma-informed understanding that perhaps that child has got that weight issue not from laziness or fatness um sorry from greediness but the fat problem might be from their childhood or their parents or things that they've had no control over and therefore to stigmatize them as lazy or unmotivated or unhealthy on the back of that yeah it's really important
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess what I'm hearing from that is it, it's it's probably about, for, for me, weight loss is it's always really negative. It, it, it's always a negative mindset. Oh, you know, I've, I've got to lose weight. Uh, you know, I've put weight on. And, you know, again, I've, I've, I've seen PE teachers, I've seen coaches probably going about what, what we've just said then and talking about why it's important to lose weight and, you know, X, Y and Z. And actually, just reframing that slightly and actually talking more about diet and for me that that that's just more of a positive message and it's not giving the impact almost on that uh, you know student child athlete i feel like sometimes coaches teachers they don't always kind of realize the impact of something they could say meant in a good way could actually impact them negatively like talking about weight loss for example uh, and 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 i guess as well I, I mean i really like that point at the end almost of not judging just on from what you've seen and actually try and understand more of the story. I mean, you know, that's, that's gotta be really important, right? Hasn't it?
1: Definitely. And I think if we focus only on bigger bodies, it obscures the fact that we all probably have things that we need to do to improve our health. If if we've got a 15 year old girl that's rake thin has no periods because she's got so slim, like that is not healthier than a child that's maybe a stone or two above average so i think that when we only focus on bigger bodies it ignores the fact that we all have areas of our health you know that we could do to improve and also it limits that idea that it's about individual willpower and instead like the context in which the child is positioned in in terms of their immediate context like their family their socioeconomic status their you know where they live how much access they have to healthy food or even the knowledge of how to cook anything and instead like supporting everyone basically to be healthier we've all got different health areas that we could improve in
2: yeah
1: and focusing on on engaging in healthy behaviors and not focusing on weight and being skinny or whatever words people want to use yeah yeah
0: absolutely i mean absolutely fascinating and 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 really informative really you know just these, these little differences, I think, so just like you say, the, the pedagogy and just being aware of you know these these external factors that may or may not be happening, can uh, can actually have, su- have such an important impact and such a big impact uh, on that student athlete uh, child's life. So yeah, I, I absolutely fascinating, Kate. I mean, I'm aware we're, we we've probably got to the half an apple point. So uh, you know, I don't know if there's any final messages that you know you just want to add that we might have missed or any anything else you'd just like to discuss
1: um i'm just trying to have a think i just not really i just think that that diet culture is just so so dangerous to adults to children um i don't think we're ever free from it i don't think it's a child issue i think for many adults as well it it carries on throughout their life and i don't think that the secret to being slim is eating this or avoiding that and just i just think that basically we need to just have a more in-depth understanding of it and also just the importance of understanding how much power we have to influence children's self-perception from the kind of culture and atmosphere that we create within our PE lessons or our sports coaching sessions and how that the impact that can have across a person's whole life I certainly have had weight issues from being underweight having had a very unhealthy PE teacher that was also underweight and that's something that I still struggle with today. So I just think it's important to, to bear in mind what is at risk of not doing these things. And that could be children developing low self-esteem, unhealthy, like obsession with their weight and stuff for a lifelong for their lives. And just thinking about that really is the take home kind of point is that we've got enormous amount of responsibility to con- to control how this issue is discussed or ideas about it are shared in our teaching spaces
2: and
1: yeah. taking that
0: seriously yeah absolutely yeah absolutely I, f- I think that's a that's that's a great point to finish and i, and I think re- really really important topic discussed on today's episode uh, you know really insightful from yourself uh, you know I'd, I'd, I'd love to get even further into it but but i think some really really important messages uh, you know to everyone listening today and again just that message of you know how much of an impact your practice can have on people. You know, it might, it could affect them for a day, a week, a month, it can affect them for years, like you say. So, uh, so yeah, fantastic point. So, Kate, you know, for anyone listening who's, you know, interested in this what wants to learn more, uh, potentially, you know, even, you know, like chat to you around this, I mean, what would be the, the best way to, to follow you on, on social media?
1: Yeah, so the best way is probably just on Twitter, which is at Kate Bancroft and then the number two, or email me. My email address is um, k.l.bancroft at and I'm happy to chat to anyone about it anytime if anyone's got any questions or any feedback.
0: Fantastic. Well, Kate, it just leaves me to uh, say thank you so much for uh, jumping on the podcast today again really informative great to uh to have you on and as always thank you to everyone who's checked out the podcast today if you do like the podcast please do leave us a review please do check out our new youtube channel that's that's uh, just been out in the last couple of months or so but yeah kate thanks so much to yourself thanks so much to all the listeners today and we will see everyone next week
1: thank you bye